If you ever see one of our uh, pieces of content or an ad from us and stuff like that, you will see that the car is never the hero. It's never the, the object of attention. It's always like behind the people sitting at a dinner table. So it's always uh, the facilitator and not the actual yeah, uh, right. hero in the, in the shot, driven in the end by the consumer demand. That's the Your City, Your Car brand platform <laughs> yeah, right there. Navigating social media can be, well, complicated. Welcome to the Social Media Sucks Podcast from Cupco. Social media. Social media. Social media. Social media. Really sucks. Where we unpack the latest trends and help remove the suck from social media. Welcome back to the Social Media Sucks Podcast by Cupco. If you ever experienced the fear of missing out when it comes to social media and marketing trends, then this is definitely the right place for you. We help you level up your marketing and business skills by covering the latest news within social media and of course through our inspiring guests. But before we start, do us a favor. If you're not already subscribed to our YouTube channel or podcast, please do so now because it really helps us get all this inspiration and education out there for more social media and business people just like yourself. So let's get into today's episode. Nice intro. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> With me today, I have Stephen Foylet, who is the CMO at Green Mobility. And then, of course, our CEO, Chris Cobbonus. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah. Good to be back. Yes. So please, let's start with, uh, first of all, thank you guys for, for joining. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah. And then uh, we want to do a quick introduction of uh, Stefan. Maybe actually it doesn't have to be quick, but we would love to know a little bit about your career, your journey to your position today. Hmm? Yeah. Sure, yeah. My name is Stefan, and I guess the last 12 years I've been in the Danish startup community in many different roles. Uh, it started off being the first employee of Bileto. Okay. Oh, yeah. this ticketing uh, ticketing startup that you might know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I guess my, my, my journey as a founder started because there's an overlap of the founding team of Bileto that made the first Danish deal site, mm. uh, a Groupon clone called Downtown. Oh, yeah. So in the same office space, more or less, they were uh, they were basically just uh, focusing on two different businesses at the same mm. time. And yeah. I, I, I guess you could all recall the deal craze that was going around there, where it was mm. just a lot of different competitive uh, mm. The landscape changed. So many people started yeah. these type of businesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that made the competitive situation so uh, what's it called intense mm -hmm. for downtown mm -hmm. that I got this idea to make Bounty, which was a uh, Momondo type deal uh, site aggregation model. Mm. Yeah. Uh, for 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 the deals yeah. uh, across first of all Denmark and then later on across Europe. Mm. And uh, we took that from, uh, from from nothing to a lot of venture capital, 50 yeah. employees, three and a half million members across nine countries in Europe. So That's it's quite awesome. a big journey. Crazy. Uh, I was the founder and CEO for that for six years. Mm. Uh, and I think as many things goes in startups, we grew apart as founding team. I thought I okay. think we weren't really aligned completely on the vision and yeah. our risk reward ratios and yeah, all that stuff. Happens. So in in the end, we uh, parted well, ways. Well, actually, I resigned, yeah. so we <laughs> okay. parted ways. But yeah. on 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 my own call, I couldn't really bridge the gap between our investors and my co-founders. Mm -hmm. Okay, Interesting. so that was uh, the story there. Okay, yeah. uh, and then I decided to look for the next big thing to do, and uh, and I thought, okay, why not see if we can uh, utilize some of the big resources that are in uh, corporates. Mm -hmm. But I was good at startups, so I was looking at all these corporate innovation kind of good businesses, and I mm -hmm. got a job at uh, Rainmaking as the managing director of Rainmaking Studio. Mm -hmm. Nice. 
and out of Rainmaking Studio, you probably know businesses that uh, came out of that, like uh, The Hub, which is a job mm. portal together with Danske Bank, mm. mm-hmm. and uh, also Undo, which is a small, yeah. young insurance company. Uh, yeah. While I was there, we were laying the foundation for the first steps into that, mm. uh, which later became a bigger business. Okay, interesting. Yeah. And then uh, after that, I got an offer from a venture capital uh, company that wanted to uh, buy back Bounty and reinsert me as the CEO. So I said yes to that and was okay. there a year and a half. Yeah. And while I was there, I started angel investing a bit, investing in some small companies, and one of them I ended up working for. Mm. And while I was there, I got this call from uh, from Thomas from Green Mobility asking if I wanted to join as their CMO, mm. trying to repeat some of the wins we've done with the Bounty to take a Danish consumer brand mm. international. Yeah, cool. So that's the that's so quite a story. cool journey. Yeah. I think that um, you could say that then some ways like the startup community loves that kind of story like and loves that wants to be that like wants Mm. to get into running a company starting a company maybe exiting maybe coming back (laughs) (laughs) um that's always kind of nice when you exit a company like please come back (laughs) and then um and then obviously getting into the the angel investing and Mm. and the vc side of things is is quite interesting um i used to work for a vc as well nice yeah so i've been on I've been on the company side and also on the VC side, and it's mm-hmm. uh, it's an interesting place to be. You get to see mm-hmm. sort of not only just operating a business, but then also you know investing in a business and thinking about it as an asset class versus a yeah, you know absolutely. just every day sort of running it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's nice to see. But mm-hmm. one of the questions that I had in in your story is um, if you could kind of go back. To before you started everything, what kind of advice would you give hmm. yourself then if you could go back in time and say, That's a really good question. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, actually. Some of it is just luck. Like, yeah. right, you be the right place at the right time, meet the right people at the right uh, place. I always had this sensation that I needed to like make decisions that opened more doors than they closed for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's just one of the. Okay, that's the things. first thing I heard somebody yeah. say that. Yeah, so, or put it so, that way at least. Like in the, in the educational choices, yeah. I tried to open as many doors and not specialize too early and stuff like that. And mm. I knew I'd like marketing and workplace. And yeah. if you'd asked me when I was a teenager, I probably would set like an ad agency or something like that. Okay. Would be a place okay. for me. I don't know why, but. Yeah. Well, we have a desk. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. If you're not too busy, I mean, we could find you a space. We are expanding. Yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? You yeah. can have your team if you want. <laughs> yeah. Good. Uh, yeah, so, so, so that was some, some of it. And then. Uh, Th- then I started working a bit in technology as stu- with student jobs, and I thought yeah. that was really interesting. Yeah. And then sort of, I don't know why, but the internet hadn't really dawned on me. And we're, and we're still talking 2008, 9, 10 here, yeah. so it's not ages ago. It should yeah. have dawned on me. It didn't really okay. until I started on my uh, master's degree in CBS, and I just met a lot of other people who okay. just fought like me, and they were all involved in the mm. internet businesses, internet, basically. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Building SaaS trendy, companies. Trendy. Billetto yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. So mm. that's how that turned into okay, it. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's Can cool. I- can I ask how do you think your career shaped you professionally and also personally? Like that mentality you oh, have had yeah. along I, I, the way. I think it's, you must know this, Chris, but creating a company, it's really, really where you merge your own personality into mm. that business. I, mm. I really did that with Bounty. It was mm. almost like I was Stefan from Bounty and Bounty was uh, yeah. from part Stephen. of me. Yeah, yeah, basically, right? Yeah. Mm. That's how I saw it at least. So, so stepping out of it was really a breakup with a piece of yourself, which was really, really okay. weird. Yeah. Um, so there is this, uh, when you live it, you just become it a bit. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's really difficult to your explain baby. if you haven't tried. Yeah. Yeah. It's 
It's hard giving up your baby, yeah. right? And I mean, I also, put my name on the damn door. <laughs> I should probably have thought have thought of that a little bit through, being like, you know, one day you're gonna have to walk away from this thing, yeah, and then it won't be Cubco; Maybe. it'll be Yuko. Yuko, <laughs> that's a good name. Yeah, that's actually a good name. Love Yuko, right? Yeah. Don't you think so? That's not right. bad. I, right. I can get used to it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying that you're getting the company. I'm just like <laughs> making a joke. Okay. Legally, legal disclaimer. There is some tooth in every legal joke, discla- right? No. <laughs> a legal disclaimer. I got a lawyer calling me tomorrow, being like, you know, when you handed the keys over to him. <laughs> no. No, just a call to the alarm. <laughs> yeah, locked out. Okay. Yeah. But, but, but then now, then I, uh, then I, then I use these uh, investments that I've started to, to piggyback a bit on, and then I've collected a group of people who invest together with me in a little group yeah. called Like Minded. Okay. Mm. So that's that's our small uh, VC experiment. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And awesome. that's the way the circus horse he stays a bit in the startup scene. Mm. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I like the way you put that. That's cool. So you've actually grouped some some investors. Is it both? Mm-hmm. Um, is it just individuals, or is it also corporations? Or no, it's only know? individuals. It's only it's, individuals. Uh, right. We call ourselves like-minded yeah. because we all had similar journeys mm. in, in different ways, shapes, yeah. and forms. But uh, all out of the startup community, uh, all all trying to create the investor that we wanted to have ourselves when yeah. we had one. Yeah, nice. Uh, so, yeah. so that's the idea. That's neat. That's cool. cool. Yeah. All right. So, what does your typical day look like when you're? How do you lead your team and motivate them now that you actually have a, a, a department to lead? Oh sure, that's such and a good question. mobility, I know you. I, I, I know my management philosophy, or or how how I just am as mm-hmm. a boss. I would say is very much tr- with, based on trust mm-hmm. um, and giving away a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. I don't have the uh, the 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 idea that I always have the best point of view or the right thing to do and how to solve mm-hmm. it. I don't know that. I have a lot of great people specialists around me, and that's yeah. something I rely on. Uh, so it's very much focused on the vision. If we're mm-hmm. aligned on where we want to go, uh, how how many resources we have available to do that mm. and some uh, some frames then i believe that the right people they find their own way to that goal if we align on that yeah mm-hmm. might be in uh, like we have to course correct a bit on the way and stuff like mm. that but that's really important that we're aligned on the goals then i think the right people will find their way definitely yeah. that's okay. a nice way of looking at it i think that um nobody really wants to be micromanaged i think People want accountability. Mm-hmm. They want a goal, like you said, but they don't want you to tell them exactly. And why would you hire somebody yeah, to right. tell them what to do? It's like, yeah, you hire people to make your own life easier, not harder, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And if yeah. you have to sit there doing some of their job, it just doesn't make any sense. So yeah, we, we very much run this way as well. Yeah, I think I, it's I think it's the way to do it. I heard I heard a very clever uh, management coach once uh, tell a group of people I was among the audience that uh, you can divide. Yeah, the 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 focus on performance into two different axes is one is like being hard on people and one hard on performance mm. Mm. and many many places they fall bad bosses they fall into the category where they start being uh, hard on people, people. instead of mm. performance yeah that's so you'd rather be aligned on the kpis and the yeah. goals rather than you have to meet in at nine you have yeah. to mm. deliver this before this date yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, or you can't take vacations or you'll get uh get yeah. told off or whatever it could be i think mm. that's hard on people and it's so yeah. much more hard on performance it's just the the the, the switch that it turned on inside me knowing that it's actually mm. two different things yeah. it's just really uh, influential on my own oh, that's a good path. good advice for those yeah. listening i think a lot of people want to jump to people yeah versus the performance side and, and especially when performance slip that's yeah. really where you see it yeah they go okay let's put more rules in place and mm. yeah we do that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's a trap to fall into, right? It, it is, is hard it really to, is a trap. yeah, and it's a hard one to sort of separate the two. Um, so I think it's it's very good advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah because you think it's easier to control the people versus you know the performance that you can't really 
it's not always tangible as the yeah. people sitting coming in every day right yeah. mm -hmm. can you please introduce our uh, national and global audience for green mobility the company that you're from yeah sure green mobility is a, a car sharing service basically like you know from uh, voy or all those other scooter apps it's just cars instead so mm. you have an app you open up the car you find it on the streets parked wherever in the side of the city zone that we have mm -hmm. um we're six year old we're um we're publicly listed on the stock exchange in denmark mm. great um and we are now in 11 i believe different cities across yeah. northern europe mostly mm -hmm. so in denmark we have copenhagen and aarhus in mm -hmm. sweden we have malmo and gothenburg and we are also in helsinki and in dusseldorf and cologne and okay. in antwerp and ghent and brussels oh you're in amsterdam antwerp. as well okay. so cool. okay, yeah wow nice yeah, expanding quite rapidly yeah. in the last few years, mm -hmm. despite all the lockdowns. So we spend our time <laughs> laying out the foundation yeah. with a lot of cars in different cities. Cool. What's the most difficult city so far mm. to do? Oh, in? it's very, very different. They're, they all represent different uh, problems. I would say uh, some of the Swedish cities, they're really difficult because parking mm. uh, is just really Doesn't expensive exist. and oh, there's, okay. no, there's does, no benefits okay. for us. Uh, uh, yeah. We get a lot of subsidies and help yeah. in other cities, but we don't really in That's the true. Swedish for some reason. Because okay. yeah, Denmark's free for every electric car, right? It is, yeah. 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 And even even better than that, we also get allocated parking spaces just right. for us, with like yeah, yeah. With in, in in good yeah, areas. Because they want to push the the green agenda. Yeah, and in yeah. Germany, we get subsidized when we buy electrical cars as well. So there's even like a, a cash bonus for buying an electrical car. Okay. Uh, obviously, it's still a cost, but it's yeah. it's helping, right? So yeah, yeah. how the calculations become better. Okay. Um, Amsterdam, the charging infrastructure, which we rely on, is uh, really, really good. So nice. it's just different from each city. Mm. Ah, cool. uh, and before we launch a city, we obviously have a, a large array of stuff we look at, like yeah. uh, is the population ready, is the city ready, mm. and all that. And then we score it, and then we uh, launch the next one we believe is the right one to do. Okay, that's a fun chart. How come you haven't opened um, more cities in Denmark? Yeah, because of the, mainly because of the size of the cities. Okay. They become too small. Uh, mm. We have proved that we can have a profitable city in Aarhus. Okay. Um, now we've expanded the fleet of cars a bit, so we're like underwater in Aarhus right now, but that's yeah. just how it is. Mm. Uh, and that I would say that's probably the smallest city size we want to go for, yeah, like yeah, 400,000 yeah. people or something like that. Rather, mm. rather bigger cities than that. Mm. But in the most big cities, we do have a lot more competition. So there's this sweet mm, spot of, of finding these uh, top to mid-sized cities mm. like Dusseldorf or yeah, uh, yeah. Antwerp or something yeah. like that. Versus Berlin or something like that. For instance, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay. Who are your typical uh, stakeholders or con uh, cu customers? Yeah, well, we do have a lot of different stakeholders, mm -hmm. which is quite interesting for the business that we have. So it's a, it's a great framework to look at it through. Uh, obviously, we have the customers mm -hmm. and we have two different main type of personas or characteristics we look for in our customers, yeah. we find. And one are one is uh, young people who are probably before they have their first car. They live in the city. Mm. They, they might be very climate conscious. They might not have been able to afford a car. They might live alone mm. uh, in a collegium or something like that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, and they they just prefer access over ownership. Mm. And then we have a car sharing service and they can get access, very low entry barriers to actually have four wheels and a roof over your head when you're driving. Mm. Uh, so, so that's one real big group for us. And the other ones uh, is probably uh, we call it the Gentofte segment, and Gentofte okay. is a uh, is a northern, suburb and a little bit yeah. northern of Copenhagen, and it's a socioeconomic joke that they have a little bit more money than the rest of us, uh, and and they probably have two cars in the driver already, mm -hmm. but it's a statement to arrive in a green mobility car for okay. especially the women there. So we have a high degree of mm -hmm. quite high income right. uh, people who drive okay, green very... cars because that's part of. Uh, okay, I haven't heard about that. Yeah. Okay, interesting. 
We'll have to ask uh, Liz, our office manager from Gentofte. Yeah, but she has a Tesla. There you go, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's she gets the same uh, yeah. status points. Yeah, um, and and obviously we have other stakeholders. So being publicly listed, we have investors, of course. Uh, we do have our employees, but I think more importantly, we have uh, all the municipalities and uh, regulatory stuff that we have to uh, mm. look into. Uh, before we're launching a city, it's also really, really important for us that we can get the support of the local municipalities before we go in. Mm. It's part of the calculations we do. Yeah, when you do have so many different stakeholders, how do you approach? How do you approach your um, strategy to reach all these different segments? Yeah, for sure. We do. We do have a, a investor relations person hired okay. with the responsibility to to do stuff in that direction. So there's a communication line that way. Um, for municipalities, we do have like. Not all the time, but we do have mm-hmm. on-off relationship with the public affairs uh, agencies. Okay. Um, and PR is an important piece in that puzzle. Mm-hmm. We also just have our direct marketing team, which I'm responsible for, for, mm-hmm. uh, for everything we do with our users. Yeah, I cool. guess that's it. And you just like, we have a, a, a different department for each different uh, stakeholder in a way. Mm-hmm. How do you create different, how do you tailor different content? Uh, what data do you feeds you guys when you have to develop different content? Because I guess you can't, with different segments, you can't just do one size fits all type of content. No, you're right, you can't. But uh, we've we've tried and we've, uh, together with an agency uh, a couple of years ago, we created this brand platform that we call Your City, Your Car. Mm-hmm. And that is an idea of having a catalog of inspiration, what you can do with your cars and why, mm. we, why we present something that's beneficial for the city, not only, but mm-hmm. also for the people doing stuff in the city. And so it's like a brand platform that tries to encompass all of these different stakeholders at okay. once. Not easy, but it's, it is the Doable? intended idea. Okay. And also, uh, which I guess we'll come back to in a bit, but also something we can use across all our cities. So we have something that's the foundation. Mm-hmm. We don't have to invent a new brand in all cities, but we do have something that works across. Okay. Also an, an important yeah. distinction we're trying to do. Yeah, because mm-hmm. a lot of people would feel more <clears throat> attached to their city mm-hmm. than the car that they're renting or borrowing for a period, right? So Absolutely, yeah. It's about attaching to that value or to that emotional aspect of them. Yes. So it's a good way to tap into that and their pride and then, you know, fit into their life in a sort of a more seamless way. Absolutely, yeah. and if you if you ever see one of our uh, pieces of content or an ad from us and stuff like mm. that, you will see that the car is never the hero, like the technical no. term in the marketing film. It's never it's never the the object of attention. It's always like behind the people sitting at a dinner table or behind the person going outside the car or heading into the theater or something like that. So it's always mm. uh, the facilitator and not the actual yeah, uh, right. hero in the in the shot, yeah. as opposed to normal car ads where you will see the car being the hero of driving course. through the desert or whatever. Yeah, the functionality of the car, but uh, the intention yeah. is what it can bring you of, of value, right? Driving yeah. to the dinner or, you know, picnic with friends. That's the your city, your car brand platform yeah, right yeah. there. Okay. So what uh, what else do you see resonates the most with your audience in terms of the content and the strategic approach you guys have? Yeah, it's not, it's down to the same platform again. So so we, we figure it out and that's the that's the insight we built it on is that yeah. we, we knew our customers use it for many different things, like use mm-hmm. cases is like as vast as car trips, like where people go in yeah. cars. There's thousands of different things you can mention, uh, but we can see like maybe uh, 10% of users only used it for two things. Mm. 10 others used it for two different things and 10 others used yeah. it for two other different things. Mm. So if you could teach everybody to use it for all the different things that all of the users thought was mm. a good use case for a green mobility car, 
then you could 10x the business without even getting new users in. And yeah. that was sort of the insight. That's so you can inspire idea. people to use the cars for all the stuff that they don't see mm. the cars are good to use, be useful. Mm. Yeah. So, so you have like kind of endless content in some ways, like yeah. you can just tap into many different use cases. Yes, and then just and some of them become so fringe that we don't do that. But uh, we we oh, have. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Can you give us an example? Uh, oh, I don't know. Like going, our interest. It's like, like yeah, but going going right. to a theater. I mean, that's uh, you, you. I guess how many theater tickets are sold each day in yeah. Copenhagen? It's probably a couple of hundreds or something. Yeah. I would assume. I don't know the market for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and how many of those will end there with a green mobility car? It's probably not the the main channel. But mm -hmm. on the other hand, for instance, going to the airport mm. uh, is really yeah. a hassle. Yeah, you can get there with the metro, it's easy enough, but if you mm. want to go there with your luggage, be able to not yeah. rely on public transportation, whatever, you want to go in a car often. Mm. You can go with a taxi, it's quite expensive, you don't control your own schedule. Uh, with green mobility cars, cheap and it's easy and you have your own control net. So okay, a lot of people use idea. it for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's a good entry point. So when people understand that value, then we can start building on top of that. So there are a lot of people who start mm. off using green mobility just going to and from the airport actually. Okay. I'm oh. gonna tell my dad that because you know there's parking. It's expensive if you uh, are away for a whole week or anything. How did you get to the airport? Uh, car. Your own car? Yeah. Your truck? Yeah. No. Okay. No. No. My truck. My wife's Toyota. Oh. Okay. So, so you paid it. for parking yeah. at the airport. Yeah, it was like a thousand. So that's pretty expensive, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think you're you're. I mean, okay. So there's one thing about sort of utility marketing, which I think is is there any thing beyond that you guys kind of do that's more uh i would say maybe heart driven or emotional driven like what, what would you say is there anything yeah yeah there? absolutely yeah. and it's so the the that's the so now we're talking about the underpinnings like the overarching story is yeah. the green part like yeah. doing something good for your city and the mm. environment and uh, your own uh, conscious i would say uh, so so the green part of green mobility is obviously super important yeah it is uh, I, we look at it as there's like this uh almost like a triangle of stuff when people decide to take a car. It's like yeah. the, the, the perceived price, the distance to it's really important for people. Mm -hmm. They would take a competitor's or another option yeah. if it's too mm -hmm. far away from them. Yeah, that's true. And, and they move about all the time. So it's like an, an, an odds game. Is it close enough or not? Yeah. And then the last part is the green part. And it's very different from each user where they are in that triangle with mm -hmm. their own, uh, it could be on an hour to hour basis, it's changed for the individual user, but it could also be that some users just have preferences. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and some users are, they couldn't care less about the green part. They just want the cheapest. Mm. Uh -oh. um, I think it's like very common knowledge in Denmark that ecology and supermarkets only really took off when it hit the same price point as the rest of the greens that you could buy, right? And yeah. it's, uh, I guess that's the same with uh, green traffic. Or so it's got to meet the same price as renting any other sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, so when we hit that, car. then that becomes a competitive uh, axis that, uh, yeah. that we can rely on. Uh, but it's still really important that it's close enough and it's cheap enough. Mm. Yeah. But That's but cool. the 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 feel good branding story is the green part. But That's but cool. the 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 feel good branding story is the green part. It's a good one. I think that a lot of people want to feel like they're doing better for the planet, right? Mm -hmm. So so that's what you can kind of tap into and and push on those heartstrings. And then you know having the more utility part, like hey, you can get to the airport, is so you combine those together. Yeah, okay. exactly. Cool. And and I guess there's something that's a little bit fun here if you double click on that a little bit because we, we also get attacked from that side. We're never green enough for the real green people. And that's also mm. interesting because uh, the airport is the utility, but you can go uh, climate neutrally almost with a very small uh, pollution from the cars being produced from us, but go and take a flight that's really pollutant mm. and then yeah. Is it actually uh, a net yeah, benefit true. or not? So we're facilitating more flights or we're not? Yeah. And we get these discussions. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
How do you guys and, combat uh, that or how do you guys deal with that? Yeah, we, we, we call it holier than thou. There we yeah. always have this holier than thou combat with the real uh, attack from the other side. So yeah. that we're really, uh, uh, what's it called? We're really aware that we don't uh, greenwash anything. Mm. Yeah. So we do have tried to have a really strong data foundation yeah. before we and say this is what we do yeah. and this is what we uh, want to do. Mm. So you guys got pretty strong community management then like replying to these people and saying. Yeah, yeah trying so. to do that, but also respecting the fact that if we're not really green in one area, then we just tone say the it. green speech mm. down yeah. a bit there, right? Okay, mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. How many years has it been? Have you been uh, at Green Mobility? Yeah, sorry, two and a half. Two and a half, okay. Yeah. Have you in your in your two and a half years experienced a um, difference in your campaign tracks? Like have has that evolved or changed yes. nature? Yes, yeah? for sure they have. Um, I, I think we have to take a step back to understand a little bit of the marketing strategy that we yeah. have to understand why it's evolved and in which direction mm. it's. Um, so my own uh, marketing philosophy is very much based on uh, on almost like evolutionary principles, which might sound okay. uh, really <laughs> high fetch, but it makes sense when we get into it. Um, so we need a lot of uh, data, first of all, mm -hmm. and then a high degree of experimentation with the channels. And then you just gradually weed out the stuff that doesn't work and you mm. stick with the stuff that does and yeah. pile in your budgets into those things that work. And if they stop working, then you continue yeah. that process. Mm. And in a way that mimics how evolution works. So that's where it comes from. You need a lot of uh, variation selection and mm. uh, rounds in the game. And if you do that a lot, then you get to a better and better, better place yeah. all the time. So it's very much an open-ended question of where we end up and how how the channels evolve to be what they are. Mm. I would say it's probably driven in the end by the consumer demand. Mm. So where are the consumers who are most willing to react to our messages actually? Okay. And that's where we can see uh, our strategy evolves towards. Mm -hmm. um, we, we put in this, uh, I think you would call it like software as a service metrics over a non-subscription, non-software businesses. So we're looking at through the lens of cohorts, uh, acquisition yeah. costs, lifetime mm. value and all that and optimize that game. Uh, yeah. And in the end, we'd like as high a multiple as possible on our, uh, on our marketing spend. So mm. we have this acquisition cost over lifetime value kind of mm. ratio, but that's one, one thing. Uh, if, if you wanted to do the best investment in that, you'd probably end up uh, planting a uh, a redwood uh, tree because you, you, I don't know, is it called an acorn? I don't know, yeah. but you probably get mm. that quite cheap. Yeah, You plant it, but you have to wait 400 years, but then you just <laughs> reap a huge bonus, right? Mm. But 400 years, who have the time to do that? So you also need to factor in time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And that's the speed of which you get your money back. Yeah, and You could imagine like a business like uh, Momondo or mm. Price Runner, they would like almost buy the click and sell the click with a margin yeah. on the minute. Mm. So they have a very, very high speed on their marketing recouped investments, but probably not a very high multiple. No. Mm. Uh, and on the other hand, you have this uh, this Redwood example. So we try to optimize like a little Somewhere bit on the between. multiple and a little bit on the speed mm. yeah. and see where we're at. But those, those are strategic questions, but that's the method, methodology yeah. we put down on it. Mm. Yeah, but it's good methodology. I think a lot of startup SaaS businesses, subscription businesses, mm. they they need to rely on these these models and they, they're been around for many years, right? And I think that's, um, that's nice because you can see how much money do we actually need to actually grow, right? So it's, yeah. it's pretty, predictable in some some ways. Yes. I really like your evolutionary approach. Uh, <laughs> I have a similar approach, but I think it's, I've been calling it sort of my poker method, which is, nice. I mean, in poker, you get so many hands, right? Which is representative of your content or your marketing. Mm -hmm. And the ones that are good, you can throw money at and win mm -hmm. a lot back. 
but you can also bluff your way <laughs> to a better card mm-hmm. or better hand, which is basically just throwing money at it and scaring away all the other yeah for sure the, all the other oh, poker okay. players. So that makes so much sense. It's sort of it, I feel like content or I feel like marketing is a lot like poker in some ways. Yeah, You're yeah. trying to you have many many and more hands you play the more you get used to, okay, what's a good hand, what's not, what should I put a money in, what should I not? Okay. Um, Not that I play a lot of poker, but I kind of It sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But I like Over time, you you start learning your competitors uh, bluff and non-bluff, and uh, Mm. you can- You You, you guys can exchange uh, (laughs) analogies, so you can take the poker now, you can take the I'm gonna steal yours, so I'm gonna use that (laughs) analogy. Yeah, you're welcome. So if if you ever see a slide deck from us, and it's like the evolutionary approach, then you're like, that's fucking mine, man. I'll put your name on it. Yeah, yeah, copyright. Stephen plus Darwin. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're gonna update the slides, the decks we have after this recording. <laughs> Good idea. Can I take a picture of you? Can I draw you like Darwin? You know how you <laughs> that see was that? so funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, so the you merch. Know, you know what I'm talking about, like how Darwin's always presented. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Never mind. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyways. Okay. So, what channels are you guys on? Yeah. So, so you ba- have the all our brand. Um, sure. So, based on based on that mythology, you you sort of end up in a trap where you always evolve towards uh, the lower funnel stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's also good enough because you want to stay there as long as you actually have something putting new people down that funnel that mm-hmm. comes outside of what you're doing. And we do have that, so we don't have to do a lot of uh, above the line or TV campaigns or uh, funnel uh, expanding stuff. We do do some things, but. Mm-hmm. It's not the most important thing for us because our cars are so visible in the city, mm. and the that is your up, upper funnel. That's the upper funnel, and yeah. we do have just outside trends like uh, what I just mentioned with the access instead of ownership, the green agenda, and yeah. all these things just piling people into mm. uh, even regulation and like cars yeah. prices in Denmark but yeah. are being taxed away yeah. and stuff like that. So, so many things are just putting people down that funnel. Mm. So there's no real need for us to invest too much high funnel. But that's just that's a curious case of us. But okay. uh, so we end up low funnel. So that's Google and Facebook and uh, just yeah. with high intent type of. Uh, mm positions timing of the day is important uh, yeah uh, yeah that's really interesting mm-hmm. like i think that's a, a nice lesson for people that if you have some external factors that are pushing people into your funnel then don't need to put a ton of money at the top like yeah. you can focus on the bottom of the funnel yeah at, at least yeah. until you don't catch any more in the bottom like, yeah then you see oh yeah. now we got to get to the top right yeah. but as long as you're not running out of people at the bottom mm-hmm. because we also see that a lot of customers will come to us and be like we can't get any conversions anymore. Like things are not working. It's like, well, you've run out of top funnel. You need to go mm. back to the start, right? Yes. So, and that sounds like you guys don't have that problem. Yeah, yet. not to the same extent. Mm. We, we 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 do always have this dream of expanding the top funnel more. Like mm. we do that efficiently, it'll be nice. We double the amount of people who end up in the bottom funnel every month. Yeah. It'll be great for business. So yeah. it's not that we don't have that goal. It's just that as long as I don't know, just random number. Let's say a hundred people go bottom funnel in the market in Copenhagen mm-hmm. every month. Uh, we should capture all hundred of them, and as mm-hmm. long as we're only getting seventy-five and the competitor is getting twenty-five, then mm-hmm. we're yeah. doing something wrong. Or twenty-five is dropped somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's still more optimization to be done where it's more yeah. efficient. Yeah. You guys are not hundred percent market like cat. Like, I mean, not market cap. Um, market penetration. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. So you're not like you're not uh, you're not there yet. So there's still some work to do on the yeah. 
you're not capturing somebody either it's on it's probably on price though yeah like more likely than anything but or proximity like you said like Mm -hmm. they're just not close enough to the actual car Mm. yeah and then you can't really account for that in the marketing right so no that's down to the operations part yeah and then the product like you can't do much about that and then then you get into another metaphor or analogy and then it's like this have to be like an orchestra like you you can't really get a good harmony out of green mobility unless everybody plays to the to the best on on the same tune so Mm. yeah also uh, yeah a matter of priorities if you guys have enough to do with the lower funnel then there's no point in allocating all your resources there when you can expand the business yeah okay so where do you experience uh, challenges in the business recently or just currently we have so many (laughs) challenges every day i mean it's uh it's, it's do you a, have more time? Yeah. I mean, yeah, like how many hours do you have? List top two. <laughs> yeah. Top two well, challenges today. Uh, yeah, I, I think for sure, uh, interna- when we're going international, I think payments is a big issue for us, like uh, having the right payment method for the right person in the right market mm-hmm. and uh, 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 what's it called, like an efficient way of collecting the funds and making sure everything is paid and all that. So that's a big issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, uh, being a semi-public good, like a card you can find on the street, is like it's also treated that way. So if you mm-hmm. ever uh, ever experienced a a, a, a a what's it called, like a common kitchen somewhere, you know that you would require some uh, maintenance, some maintenance, and, and people to look after and it and stuff like moral, that. Good morals, I guess. And good morals as well. So <laughs> and 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 uh, th- I think that's one of the more difficult things for us to solve in a good way. Actually, mm. is to make people a little bit more accountable for how they leave the cars. To be honest. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've heard this with other uh, companies that do similar things to you. It's like yeah. people don't necessarily respect the car as much as you'd hope they would. <laughs> exactly but, right. But that's also, and also on the outside, like people walking on the streets and people like, because they do, it uh, It feels like it's a public works thing. Yeah. It doesn't feel like someone's personal vehicle, right? So they yeah. treat it as such as, you know. Exactly. I mean, if you look at any kind of public, public building, but mm. do you know what I mean? Like any sort of. I mean, people yeah, trains, are, trains. Yeah, yeah, trains is a very yeah, good yeah, example. Yeah, trains. Like, yeah, yeah, trains is the example. That's the only good example. Yeah, yeah. Um, people so people will leave nice. their uh, energy drinks, what? In the, <laughs> and, or they'll leave a cup of coffee, or the newspaper, yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. And obviously, the next client or customer will 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 phone us up saying this car was left a little bit dirty, and we can obviously see in the system who had the car before that. Yeah. We can make a little note and say, okay. This is probably something we need to watch out and free strikes and we can give you a call and all that. So we are doing stuff and implementing okay. a lot of stuff, but it's uh, it, that yeah. is one of the more difficult things. So that's a challenge for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost How like you, the hotel room mentality, yeah. like sort of putting something in the car, like, please leave this the way, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. You found it. Don't, yeah. Yeah. Don't Drop the towels on the floor. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, take your towels with you in this yeah. instance. <laughs> <laughs> what are you using towels for? Yeah, we'll, we'll leave that alone. But that must be hard to monetize if you know you don't get the callback from you know a new client. Then yeah, you, yeah, sure. you can't have. We only have, see the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, yeah for sure. And then, yeah. then we do have to visit the cars quite frequently with what we call street runners who clean the cars, okay. charge the cars, move the cars, whatever they can mm. do to make the service a little bit better. Uh, but mm. with so many cars, it's an efficiency game. Like how much can we actually get to the cars un- until it becomes such a big cost that it will change our cost structure and we can't. Mm. compete or we can't find the right price compared to what people are willing to pay and mm. so there's always this game of optimizing all these different p- parts yeah cool mm. but that could be a new uh, communication track for you guys later on yeah like <laughs> yeah cleanliness like how to clean how to leave your car clean and you know maintenance it and i mean that will also make sure that others would want to rent it more and that's good for business it's well, good for well, the well, environment. For I think exactly. that you need to push that agenda, which is like 
clean the car so that we can clean the world. And also cheaper yeah. for you yeah. guys. That's I a mean, good point. If, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's like uh, more people will drive greener if you leave the car a, bit, a little bit nicer. Yeah. yeah. What we what we do know is actually that a clean car will stay clean for quite a long time. Yeah. But a dirty car will just accumulate dirt yeah. really mm. fast. So that's it's like, like you, public you leave, toilets. I mean, yeah, in a way. Yeah. yeah. So no, sorry, uh, that's not too just, uh, I was, make a bad comparison. It's a very good but point, but I think <laughs> that <laughs> please don't use it as a toilet anymore. <laughs> 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 this is not a toilet, people. But it's that mentality, right? When you have but something right. nice, you it's, want to keep it. I was nice. in. Just speaking of which, I mean, not that I want to take up any story time here, but I was in Rome for the weekend. Not fully Rome. I was outside of Rome, but came into Rome a little bit. And there's like the train systems, and like everything's got graffiti on it. Mm. The city's like falling apart in some places. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, and it's not just the ruins; it's the buildings. Yeah. <laughs> and what ends up happening is like that mentality further yeah. enhances or further continues the mentality of like mm. we don't have to take care of this yeah. because it's already trash yes. right mm -hmm. so that's the thing it's you have to sort of combat that otherwise like you said mm -hmm. dirty attracts more dirty mm. yeah. in some ways right and also when people realize that we actually know who left the trash mm. then mm. it has a huge uh, what's called self-correcting system yeah. in it mm. like people get accountable and then yeah, they good. change behavior yeah you can't <laughs> just let it go right you I have know. to actually write them yeah. and say yeah. hey next time please you know <laughs> have a sign inside don't, the car We're don't use you. it <laughs> next time don't use it as a toilet <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly take your towels <laughs> with you yeah this, okay, you forgot good. to wash your hands yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly please uh, spread so where do you see uh growth opportunities for you guys well for sure we we, we as i explained with the brand platform if mm. we can get our existing users to drive more that's a huge growth driver and that's very much where we focused on creating the right flows based on your behavior and non-behavior so a lot of trigger events and like these automations basically that's what mm. we're working a lot on mm. um so that's one big part um not then uh, i just want to point on this sorry so are yeah. you guys able to see you know where they're going and then be able to act on that well we don't <laughs> ask people where they're going no. in the current ux okay but it could have been like yeah. an uber app you would probably type in i'm going from yeah. a to b so they can use that data to figure out how to advertise to people but yeah. you guys are not doing that we are not we are okay. considering how we can change the app for the better so it is part of the solution yeah. space to go that direction we haven't decided on anything with that but mm. it is possible and, and it benefits like that targeting and uh, yeah. route planning even just pricing calculators comes out of that so there's a lot ah. of different stuff we can do mm. yeah a lot more data out of that okay yeah. that's so good. we only know the a and then after the trip we know the b of where okay. you are going okay interesting yeah yeah so that that helps of course okay. um but yeah. i mean we can see a drop-off place for a car it can be two blocks away from where you're actually going so you, yeah. you drop it off in front of a theater where you were going for dinner we don't know anything about no. that mm. intent right no, so no. we'll have to ask people more about that and that's what we're yeah. doing but cool okay. but you and, can see probably airport yeah for sure that's yeah, yeah. that's a clear yeah. one right like okay we know that they're at the airport for this conference yeah i mean yeah. clarion clarion it's close <laughs> yes absolutely and uh yeah. and and then growth opportunities is also expanding internationally we can just see yeah. that opening up a new city represents a, a a positive change for us of course there's a growth opportunity in those cities that we choose mm -hmm. um and, and for a period of time, they might be on the water in terms of our investments into them, but they quite fast come uh, to a profitable level. And that's the sort of like uh, put them on a string and yeah. just launch cities and mm. plant some flags and say, okay, now uh, now it might yeah. be uh, that uh, Berlin is taken by 10,000 car, yeah. uh, car sharing cars, but uh, Antwerp is not. So uh, mm. here's yeah. the flag we plant. Is that does that make it easier to go get extra VC money? Like you're in the VC game, you understand that. Isn't it easy yes. just to go, here it is, like 
you give us $10 million, we can be in three extra cities. Yeah, and to be completely honest, I think that's a lot of benefits came from being publicly listed, Mm -hmm. Uh, like trust. When we were to talk with the Copenhagen municipality back in the days when we launched being publicly listed, we were only a year old when we got listed actually. super super early there was a lot of wins on the credibility side yeah mm. especially like in uh, you saw how uber was treated as a disruptor tech yeah. cowboy kind of uh, mm. us vc mentality they entered the danish market with they were just shunned by yeah. everybody uh, on the other hand being publicly listed just made, made us almost like we're part of how things were always so yeah. we we're not part of the new disruptors we're more like status quo sneaking kind of in verified kind of Okay. We were verified by <laughs> yeah. it's like uh, yeah, verified by Nasdaq yeah, almost, yeah, yeah. Uh, not entirely, but sort of, mm. yeah. and that was good, and it opened up a lot of more inti- institutional investors mm. like yeah. pension funds and banks yeah, and whatever. So they invested in, in us, mm. okay, which was which was good, yeah, uh, but it didn't allow for uh, VCs. And oh, because they uh, don't have any, because they can't buy shares that way. They, they, they could they potentially, that, but they don't want it. It's not going to be a 10x or a That's the thing. 50X. So it's off strategy. And yeah, maybe they course. only have an investment mandate that would allow it or something. I don't know. Yeah. But so that's not the game. Um, yeah, usually yeah. they're waiting for an exit strategy. And if you're already public, you don't have an exit. They're already exiting. Like Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So they would yeah. have to rely on the liquidity and the share. And is that yeah. high enough to exit? And yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not their game. It's not yeah. their game. So so that was never the, the route. And was on purpose, by design, it was not the route. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also made the communications that you do to investors very different because uh, institutional investors or bank investors, mm. they're used to much more mature markets or more mature mm. companies they're looking at. So they're more like uh, their metrics, not so much understanding, well, when will profitability arrive and how mm. can yeah. you calculate that? As you said before, you can pre- predict how much do we have to invest to get to a certain level mm-hmm. based on the models that we have. That's not how they view the world necessarily. Mm. Uh, the most sophisticated really? of them do, but not all of them. Okay. Whereas that is complete normal uh, yeah. way of operating in the VC space. So yeah. it's a very different game. So I've, I think also the, the the journey of how far under the water we want to go mm. is limited a bit by that uh, original story of being yeah. publicly listed. Okay. And that's just a strategy. It's not even, you can't even say it's better or worse. It's no, just a different just the way it is. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so more institutional investors pension yeah. funds but that also represents more stability and more you know yeah yeah deeper pockets in the yeah. end i would say yeah absolutely yeah in many ways at least compared to danish vcs yeah that's true yeah oh yeah absolutely okay makes sense yeah. do you see um any untapped potential for groom willy any low-hanging fruits when it comes to your strategic approach huh, yeah we, we we just talked uh, this other day about some channels we haven't really spent a lot of time on yeah. and we wanted to start investigating a bit more and putting into like yeah can we can we see it fit into the evolutionary approach and test it off yeah and, and that would be uh, more TikTok yeah. and more maybe snapchat we haven't done mm. a lot of that either to get yeah. the younger crowd in earlier yes. Yeah, yes, for sure. It's probably good. I mean, it's also aging up. I mean, TikTok yeah. is, yeah, it's, I mean, it's such an animal. Like, it's a totally different beast, right? And it's really taking off. So mm-hmm. a lot of companies like yours and, and others are saying, hey, we should really mm-hmm. do something here, which is nice to see. I think it is the place. Uh, yeah. And I think also from a search perspective, it's really strong mm-hmm. um, where it wasn't maybe a year ago Less so maybe, maybe searching, uh, sitting know. against the expert here maybe you can oh. tell me a bit more about that because it's one of the one of the things we're considering or, or, or one of the hesitations we have is uh, whether or not our brand 
the green stuff and being a car, which is like, you know, it mm. has to have a level of security and yeah. professionalism about it before you yeah. want to trust the car. Mm. Yeah. How does that fit into a world of uh, memes and yeah. self-irony <laughs> and jokes? Well, and like that? yeah, I mean, okay, so one of the things like, TikTok has changed dramatically. Like, I think it has been very meme, you know, what is culturally hitting at the moment? How do we tap into that? Mm -hmm. And that has been the sort of way of doing it. But we're seeing much, much more brands sort of um, walking away from that because it's just not working anymore mm. because all brands have been done it and trying to find their own sort of voice. Um, so I think it's really working for, for a number of different brands that kind of mm. can do it. Even Ryanair is experiencing a real change in sort of how they have to operate. Um, also from a uh, sort of copyright thing, you can't really use copyrighted sounds anymore. You kind of mm. have to find your own way, right? But I think mm. like we've got a vegan brand that also has, you know, has to fit this intersection of, you know, being a vegan brand, but also tapping into trying to change people's hearts and minds. And mm -hmm. it's kind of a controversial yeah. topic in some and ways. And behavior, nonetheless. And changing behaviors, yeah. right? So how do we do that? Because we don't want to just talk to vegans. We are vegetarians. Mm -hmm. We want to talk to maybe potentially meat eaters that we want to change mm. their sure. sort of perception. And I think you guys probably have a similar challenge, right? Yeah. So it's really about inspiring them, showing them what the benefits are of using the product, but trying to doing it in an infotainment way, yeah. mm. right? Because you don't want to go out there and be like, here's your car and here's how to yeah. unlock it. And yeah. like, no one's going to watch that. You have to, mm. or maybe they would, but you have to find yeah. Yeah. A, a fun way of doing it. And, yes. and I think, and then also TikTok is opening up sort of nearby, which is a, it's it's showcasing content that's nearby. Yeah. So basically like, which kind of works for the sort of location stuff that you guys have. Yeah, so cool, yeah. yeah, so if you are looking at the future of it, it, it'll be neat to see how you can use a nearby option mm. to showcase people who might be in the market for you know a car mm -hmm. to use, like showing them content, uh, like, hey, just nearby there's this, or nearby there's this. So yeah. you can sort of use the geolocation abilities to to sort of advertise yourself, nice. which mm. that could that, be quite cool. Yeah, that's really good yeah. for us. Yeah. yeah. So and look I at mean, that. The audience on TikTok is also perfect, suitable for green mobility as well, because it's so such a strong community-based platform. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. when you really tap into that, we can mm -hmm. also see our vegan brand that's performing really well in case in, in terms of engagement. And it's very, uh, there's, it's a, you know, passionate platform with a lot of, you know, passionate and uh, agenda-driven mm -hmm. uh, segment. So it's uh, it, there's a really untapped yeah, potential. Especially with the young people, right? Yeah. They really yeah. want to engage with green brands. And exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's where they find inspiration and everything. So that's definitely a, a huge channel for you guys and, to and tap I, into, and I, I saw I saw a TikTok ad agency trying to sell us uh, that they would help us with that. And mm -hmm. they showed yeah. the statistics, which was an eye-opener for me, yeah. that it was actually not just 14-year-old girls. Yeah. Yeah, totally like changed. It's grown so much, and yeah. it's uh, even faster than it tends to with you know all the other platforms we know. But it, I mean, the evolution of the social media platform is usually that they start. It's the younger generation and it catches mm -hmm. first, and then it just expands to the older generation. But TikTok has experienced like even a faster growth and change in, in the, the older segments. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's quite quite wild. The other thing too is I to make the case for you guys internally. Mm -hmm is I would also, and for anybody else listening, is that um, once you produce for TikTok, then you kind of have reels mm -hmm. solved. Mm -hmm. 
And if you want to expand to YouTube Shorts, you kind of have that solved as well. So Mm -hmm. a lot of our clients are happy that we're kind of solving three things at once, Mm -hmm. which is nice for them. And and almost all platforms are just heavily pushing vertical video. So it's, it's a kind of a way, and also, I think it's nice to lower the production value. Like mm-hmm. we don't have to mm-hmm. shoot, go shoot with this thing. Like yep. don't have to bring out the big cameras. Like the mm-hmm. idea can shine and it doesn't have to be, mm-hmm. you know, no offense, Martin. I know you love, <laughs> dude, I know you. Yeah, I know you Next love Next time the, we have three people with each of their iPhones. Yeah, no more fancy cameras. No. We'll just and like. And it has to be handhold. So it's like. <laughs> it's real shaky cam. We'll do shaky cam podcasts. Yeah, yeah authentic. <laughs> Zoom in, zoom out, crash zooms all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no? Okay. Anyway, so that's the case. So, yeah. I, But I, I hope you guys do it. I think it'll mm-hmm. be uh, interesting to see mm-hmm. uh, what you guys do there. And, and uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. I want to end on a last note, which is the future outlook. Where do you see green mobility go in the future? Yeah, so so as a publicly listed company, we have to state these things to the market in mm-hmm. the right uh, order. And what we have stated to the market is that we have this ambition of reaching uh, 35 cities in 2025. Awesome. Okay. So we are uh, fast trying to expand mm. uh, into more cities. So uh, the future for us is more cities and obviously more small evolutionary marketing mixes we can have in each city that we try to uh, to optimize against. Okay. I love it. Yeah, that'll mm. be great. We're also trying to get to 35 cities. Within 2025? <laughs> no. <laughs> within, within this week. Within this week. <laughs> Go. You just deployed every employee in different cities. Yeah, exactly. like, call that, yeah, call yeah, that exactly. an agency. Martin, can you move to Hungary? Yeah. Berlin. Oh, yeah, you love yeah. Berlin. I can That's take right. Singapore or Hong Kong for you. Everybody That's wants. <laughs> I'll live with that. <laughs> That's a funny way of doing it, actually. That's yeah. right. We're in 40 cities. <laughs> Write that to uh, 40 people. 40 yeah, magusfering.deco. Go expands to 40 cities. Yeah. Don't, in one week. Don't question how many it's employees a good, are It's in a good PR market. stunt, though. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can promise that it's a little bit more than one car in each city. Okay, good. So good job. We, we won't yeah. fall into that yeah. trap. Yeah. I love that. One car. We're in. Yeah. <laughs> one that would be so You should freaky. start putting cars in like the weirdest cities just to get the PR rally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just to be like, why are we in Timbuktu? Like, why? <laughs> like, just the weirdest, uh, like, uh, the base oh. of everest like why <laughs> we had the base of everest well you know we wanted to be everywhere base camp yeah <laughs> okay thank you guys so much for sharing so here we have it green mobility's strategic approach with stefan Foyland, the cmo at green mobility thanks thank you guys us. for listening and thank tune in much. for the next one thanks Stephen. bye thanks this has been the social media sucks podcast